conversation coming up with Jill Louise Busby about a whole host of things and I added chapter headings so you can you know move around in the conversation as you choose we're gonna start off just with some deep breaths okay so wherever you are just take a moment you don't have to close your eyes but you can if you want to just take a minute And feel for your breath. If you can inhale all the way, but relax your shoulders. And then exhale and feel your heart lift, your spine lengthen. Inhale into your pelvic bowl or your belly. And exhale. Let it all go, but feel uplifted. Inhale. And exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Start with number one. Inhale. And exhale. Number two. Inhale. And exhale. Thin. Inhale. And exhale. Chai. Inhale, and exhale, bunch. Just about five deep breaths together, and we're going to get right into this conversation with Jill Louise Busby. First of all, um, I'll just like formally start us off in in a casual but formal way ritualistic way (laughs) when you can mix it up i can't wait to see you do it we're gonna be casual and formal let me sit up so i can see it sometimes we get proper then we say (laughs) you said i put on the perfume you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) they're gonna steal it they're gonna steal it Welcome to the Critical Yoga Studies Podcast, Jill. Jill is Black. Jill is always Black. That's what they say. That's what I say, too, sometimes. Um, Yes, Jill Louise Busby. Jill Louise Busby. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you can use the handles. Those are basically our new identities. So you can call me by that identity as well. 
did you sign are you are you still on social media right now jill or did you did you take a break i took a break like where it was down and now i'm taking the same kind of break i've been taking for the last few years i've been on a kind of post once a month for the last two and a half years situation um and then a nothing for I think maybe three months. I checked back in because people kept asking how I was because they didn't see me on social media. And I was like, oh, we live here now. <laughs> so I have to go over there and let everybody know that I'm fine. So I will keep it up, but you know, I won't keep it up. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I, when I spoke with you a year ago when we were in Kochi in Kerala and it was so cool to take time to speak with you. Um, and you broke down. I was looking for my notes from that, but I think they were handwritten notes, so I didn't have time to go through the moleskins. Mm -hmm. But you broke down your experience as someone who had posts that were viral. Um, and you had these kind of like breakout videos of your writing and your observations. And then you were just like always from what I can gather from your post, you've always been, you know, reflexive, like trying to look at yourself in the process. And it's not really a forum where people are doing that as much. It's not really like a place of a lot of... You, you don't think that <laughs> the place of inner reflection and personal growth and honesty? I've, huh, I just hadn't, I guess I haven't thought about it. You know? <laughs> No, it doesn't. It's not where we do that. Yeah, it's not where we do that. Well, it's like it makes you, to me, it makes you quite unique because you're somebody who had the, like, a quote-unquote hashtag bag. Not that it was the hashtag that got you somewhere, but you know how they call it that. And I, um, and yet you, you know, you've grappled with your, yourself as a, as an influencer, quote-unquote, and usually it's more so like people like myself who have never really caught like had yet to catch this like flame or spark and still doing that work just amongst the masses you know um in an invisible more or less visible way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so you haven't kind of ridden the coattails that way and not 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 either of your of your social media influencer status, but also of your blackness. Like you're, you're not, you're not dealing. So you, you identify yourself, of course, with your blackness. That's part of your social media handle life. But you're not just like blithely or blithely riding the coattails of that. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like you're really like in the in the in the weeds with it. You know in the lotuses and the weeds, the muds and all that. Yeah, I mean, sort of. I don't know if I feel this way yet, but I think I might feel that we can't be ourselves online. So that would include me. <laughs> and so I think since I know that the second I turn a camera on, that I'm gonna be performative in some way, or if I'm doing a caption that is like me actually trying to write something, um, you know, like giving it my best effort, which is also something else we don't give to the internet. <laughs> but like, I'm really like, yes, okay, I'm not gonna charge you for my best effort. Um, but it is still performative and it's like a capsule 
of a small part of my day or my life. And so with that in mind, I'm still trying to perform it better. And that helps because I'm not one of these people who has to be like, I'm gonna be myself online and I'm gonna be fully authentic. And I, no, I'm, I'm not, um, I'm gonna play a character. And so, you know, I had like a, a real spiritual awakening around getting to see myself play a character that other people saw as me. And so riding the coattails, it just, it wasn't an option. And I don't mean that in some like self-righteous ethical way. I mean that when it was presented to me, I wanted to do it, <laughs> but I couldn't do it. Um, and I'm trying to figure out now what I am able to do to compromise um, in these systems because this is set up in a very specific way while also I just don't think we should give in. I just, I'm gonna hold out. I don't think we just say representation and exceptionalism and this and that and capital. I just, I don't think so. So I'm figuring it out right now. I don't know, but the internet, that version was never an option for me. And it was also not my first time getting to feel like I was being watched because I had a very watchful parent, I had a very close family. Oh, Bob was doing self-esteem exercise with me before. That wasn't the thing. I didn't necessarily need it there. And trust me, I've needed it in other places. So romantic relationships, but not there. Um, some people just choose to do that there. So there's also no judgment. Um, we, we tend to do it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I hear you talk, and sometimes when I read you, I'm reminded of being in graduate school and there was this one moment. So for, for like two, two of my graduate school experiences, I went to like fancy schools, right? Mm -hmm. And the type of thing where I'd show up and be like, is this like a Ralph Lauren ad? Like, is that a white sheep dog on the lawn? Like, like, are they sitting on the grass in their good clothes? Like type of thing and um, When I got to when I got to New York City, I started adjuncting. I started adjuncting almost immediately off of a blog that I used to keep a personal blog. And then this Indian sister reached out to me and was like, "I saw that you moved to New York. Would you ever consider adjuncting in our department off of my personal blog?" And so this kind of road opened up to me. So I started teaching, and I started teaching like classes that I wanted to, like hip hop politics. They let me like make up what I wanted to teach and. Then eventually I went back to school because I was tired of being broke in New York City, you yes. know? And so I was like, well, let me just, you know, get loans out. And it was NYU, so, you know, that was like, that was a hefty um, price to pay for some time, like a brief respite to just keep growing and not hustling so hard. But when I was at NYU, so those were some of the like, you know, the, the names that circulate in like high theory, film theory and stuff like that. And so I was around these other professors of color who for the first time in my life, you know, I was around people who were trying to convince me that I could never say anything. <laughs> like, well, you know, you can't, you can't just write that, you know, you have to like, did you read, you know, these hundred other people and these are people who themselves, you know, haven't even gotten around to putting out their first book in their first few years of time tenure track because they're so paralyzed by well you can't say anything unless it's what everybody else has said or and then you just end up not being able to say anything 
And so, you know, there's something, when I hear you, there's a part of me that's like, but you can say something, right? You know, it's like, I want, I want us to all, especially black folks, brown folks, indigenous peoples, you know, all the whole gamut, disabled folks, poor people, to be able to say something, to, to express ourselves, and then, and yet still be like, and of course, I'm a flowing river like every other thing, and I could change my mind any fucking time I want to about everything, yeah. you know? Yeah, you know, that scares people. Um, <laughs> scares me. Um, I think that it's a, it's a great equalizer that we, in our systems, really tell people that they need you know, all of this academia, all of these books, all of these heroes, make sure you do everything in this order. Um, and yeah, we make people not want to <laughs> say anything, write anything. Um, but it's great because our stories will continue to come from just really brave people, I think, as opposed to like, as opposed to skilled people, right? Um, you can write really well. People can write really well. And if you are not going to be honest with your work, then you write really well, you know? Um, and there are people from everywhere that know how to be honest. And so I feel hopeful about that, that in this society, there's still room for, but you didn't say it because this thing that you thought would make you better than this other person kept you from saying anything. <laughs> and, you know, it's a bit of a, a catch 22. I'm, I'm thinking about this a lot because I'm, uh, you know, finally, actually my, my book is going into submission today. Oh my gosh, Jill. I Congratulations, Jill. Oh my gosh. Hey. Yes. Yes. Um, and then you kind of figure out what you're allowed to, like what do the people who limit what we get to say, let us say. And I'm very curious about it. So I'm excited in that way. But you know, I think that it's also realizing that when we're going down these paths, they're just never worth it. You know, I, I could have done this a whole different way. I could have made a lot more money. I have had moments of being jealous, of course, of people who did it the other way and then their numbers grew and their whatever. I'm not over here just like, I don't care. I'm just, this is all fine. And I'm no, I have moments where I'm like, why this person, y'all? Why this person? And then I'm like, but you won't even get on the internet. So, you know, I think there's this part of me that knows like, it's, it's not, they don't win this way. And if you can see the big picture of like, yeah, they will get accolades and they will get things in capitalism and they will get to play famous and this celebrity can share them or whatever. There is something in that world that never makes it worth it. So I feel very at peace with like, yeah, you can be jealous. Just let yourself know that you're jealous and say it out loud and then let that shit go. Because hopefully what I'm doing will not be something I regret. And if I don't try it this way, I don't really know what the point of being here is. <laughs> like, I don't want it all from all of you. I want it from me, you know? So you guys are nice or you all are nice, but you know, I'm here too. <laughs> Damn right. Oh my gosh. You, when you smile right now, you just look so much like your mom for a second, just from what I can tell from you guys. It's <laughs> we've been hanging out a lot, you know, it goes, so. 
the damn right line took you right into <laughs> to mom yeah. i I'm so proud of you as someone who doesn't really know you and a contemporary of yours. I know it's odd to talk about being proud, but I am like, I'm in the process of putting together a book proposal and it's so slow. It's so slow. It's just like, fuck. Like I, I finally got out one yesterday and I got a rejection in 15 minutes and it took me like all that time. It was just an initial inquiry. So it wasn't the whole package, but they were just like, you want to talk about critical race and settler colonialism and yoga? Like that has nothing to do with anything that we do. It's a major university press. They're like, none of that works for us. But, but they were kind enough to say, try this other press. And I was savvy enough to not be like, I already was, bitch. You thought you <laughs> Yes. Savvy. <laughs> you know, these, these editorial boards are, are just like blanket white blanket white you might have like a speck of dust on there every now and then but mm. yeah i agree we've sent some of our own up there too haven't we um to represent the diversity so i'm finding it to be similar even when it's different <laughs> yeah but that's fine too. I just, I, I think that sometimes, you know, I wonder like, but who's doing the hiring and how is that person not reflective of the person who hired them and their risk taking? So, you know, that's how that will go. But it is a strange world to, to be in. It's also a very networked world. So you go on these pages and the people are like, yeah, I get, you know, this many percentage or this percentage of my people that I um, work with I met through someone else or were suggested to me. Yeah, exactly right. Like I, I know when I just said that it's it sounds so basic to be like, oh, there's no people of color on these editorial boards because even when they are, there's no guarantee about their like um the way they're approaching publishing, you know, not at all. So that that's also there. I think, um, you know, I think about, I was, I was thinking about the Indian American influencers online. Mm -hmm. And I wish that there could be this like, every now and then almost like a census of like a truth, just a sweep across real quick. And just to see how many of them came from wealthy families or came from families that already had luminaries, you know, socially recognized. There's a lot of social traction through mm -hmm celebrity within academia or celebrity within arts and culture within their families you know and i think that that number would be pretty fucking high actually like who those influencers are that are considered to be um you know the go-to for word the word on trans justice or mm -hmm. fat justice or disability or you know and it's like yeah okay but how many of y'all are rich do you know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like that's an important thing to know, but that's not how, that's not how, you know, this is all proceeding. No, well, we just, you know, the, the funny thing about the internet is we just did everything again. And the lesson that should have been learned is how much of this really is us, because then maybe we could start having conversations about how we are the society that we're always pointing at. Um, because we went to that internet and you remember when Instagram was like people eating food and your friends or whatever and everybody's account was private or it was still public because nobody was on there. 
we just, we keep, we keep doing it. So we formed a hierarchy and then we hired influencers and then this became the, and, and we did it. So we can blame these corporations. They're there, of course they are. But now people that I've followed for six years to just watch them try to, um, try to go. <laughs> like get big, use it, be very, very contrived, sell everything about themselves, whatever. And, you know, I, I, I say that very carefully because I understand that some people would consider that I've had the benefit of this social media. Of course, that would be a person that doesn't consider that we continue to live real ass lives and that this is simply a lesson in my life, but it's fine. I get it in society. There's social capital and there's all, I get it. Um, but like, I was also an actress and a writer and I did do like comedic stuff. And so there is something that has to be said about like, well, why me? Like I'm performative, I'm a drama kid. <laughs> so why could I do Jill is Black? It's like, because of drama? I could have all of these things to say, but I wouldn't have taken off on the internet without that stuff that we already use for these other branches, you know? So it's still, we act like it's, the internet is gonna pick all these people up who don't get to be heard normally. And that just has not happened. If somebody could show me where that happened and it didn't become rich people or people that the society considers attractive or people who are already actors, singers, this, that, or whatever, we literally did world number two on this internet and moved out here. Um, and no, we, we do not hear that. And then you blocked everybody that disagreed with you. So now you literally just follow eight people who look like you and listen to all the same music. You're not learning anything. I don't, I don't care what you're, you're not learning here. You blocked everybody and you don't follow people that you disagree with. We just have this narrative for what it is. And I'm like, really? <laughs> is that what you're getting from there? And you're not getting anxiety and you're not getting jealous. And this is good and it's not the notification isn't making you stressed and it's worth it the harm is gonna out mm. we're not being honest there maybe we were being honest there but we're not we are literally back in high school and i'm an influencer and i didn't do badly in high school either yeah that's it i'm done I'm done ranting I appreciate your rants and I'm just so I'm happy to share space and time for for many reasons, you know, we have some shared community among us. And that's like extended community, you know, it's um, I So I used to work in prisons. Um, that was a regular part of my life for several years, both in and out of law school and I, you know, it, it's such a strange, there's so much about that that's terrifying and strange. Um, and, you know, blessed be to the, the white liberals and to the people of color who are able to do that work sustainably. Um, I, was, I was not able to continue to go in and out, you know, regularly and sustain a sense of like any self. Um, there's just so much healing that I had to do, but, um, after I, so one of the things I heard from women in prison was, oh, this is the first time I've been around a bunch of cistern. 
And this is the first time I've been around a bunch of women. And actually there's some sisterhood that I form here that I never would have been able to form outside of that because I went from terribly isolating childhood home to terribly isolating adult homes, you know? And I was just like, that's like so mind blowing because of what it says about the experience of women and in particular, you know, marginalized women out in freedom. And it's so isolating that we never could spend time around one another. And um, then like I used to think about how it would be to be forced to be around a bunch of people who did not want to be around though. So the flip side of that is like, and there's this, there's, there's like sometimes my experience of social media um, and like new media is so much that where it's like, oh no, <laughs> I thought, I thought this would like this whole you know, you pass high school popularity bullshit and then you go into adulthood and there's something better on the other side. And then it's like, oh no, like, (laughs) yeah, I'm still looking at this homegirl's like food from whatever. And it's like getting more likes than me. But we, and I just like, I don't know. I think there's also something where it's like for the person like myself, who's very sociable and everywhere I go, I form community, but I have very few friends from these, like, you know, very few real friends. I know there's a lot of love for me, but there's also not, you know what I mean? And there's also like a lot of isolation along the way from just being an individual um, who is powerful, just like everybody else, but in my own way. And that's just like definitely rubs folks the wrong way, you know? And so there's like, it's just like, oh, I'm still beholden. Am I beholden to all this bullshit? Like that I thought there would be some passing by of this. But um, I know there's a lot worse stuff in the world. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I... it's strange because it's, so, it's tied to livelihood. Like every now and then I'll tell, I'll talk to like, folks that I was thinking were my friends and be like, could you ever like, like my shit? I don't know. Could you just like, just publicly support, you know? And, um, and the thing is, was like, I just want to stop doing that. I think I have stopped now, but it's just like, everyone knows it's tied to our livelihoods. Like you're more likely to get a book contract if you already have the shit rolling, you know, a music, this, a book that like, it's already, it's strange that it's tied to livelihood. It's frustrating, you know? Yeah. It is. And, you know, one of the first few steps of, like, a digitized society um, is this. Where, yeah, your social media presence is now directly related to the amount of money you can make or the people you can network with, who you get access to. Um yeah and again because we live here on this beautiful planet um or in a simulation i don't really know um but either way, <laughs> one of the two uh there's balance with it because there probably isn't a lot of joy you know i go to some of these parties myself and uh just a lot of lying and a lot of distracting oneself um 
a lot of needing to believe that the trophies will be worth the sacrifice. And, you know, um, if we just keep thinking of it in society's game, yeah, it can be fucked up, but it's just not the point. And so there are a lot of really unhappy people with a lot of followers um, who are scared to not post every single day. And that internet is a really hard place to, to be. It's not a joke, I don't think, um, what it does to us. So the idea of really living there, like some of these people have to, I don't know, right. you know? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah. And it's gotta burst as well um, because you can't get as popular as you used to get, just like the news used to stay relevant for two weeks, you know, and then now it's three days and whatever. These people are like, yeah, but there's a lot of them now. Right. It'll get crowded. And then we'll say that we're looking for something else. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be like, no, we haven't had experts in a long time. We want experts now. And then we'll have to call on you and everybody else will be sad. <laughs> And it'll just cycle back around to something else, you know? So, um, yeah, I don't think it's worth it. Um, I don't think it's worth it unless it happens. And then if it happens, it was supposed to be happening or it was supposed to happen, it'll be worth it. But if it's not, then I wouldn't mourn it because I had my first year when I was actually like doing it. Um, yeah, I was in a pretty dark place doing that. Mm. Mm. You know, and I read a lot of shit about myself and about people and about women and about dykes and about whoever. And that kind of stuff doesn't bother me the same way now. Um, so it was a, a blessing in that way, but it certainly did in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And to go viral and deal with like, yeah, great, I get to be popular for a second. But the downside is like the access that people have to you, the energy that you are receiving into your life is wild. Um, and I never got as big as some other people. I think I did it or it was received differently. It's a very different kind of social capital because like people still rep me, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, Jill's okay. But it's not a popularity thing anymore. I'm a bit of a relic of Instagram. So, you know, I feel like I got out and I never got to the, some of these numbers these people are getting to know. I'm like, oh, wow, you, yeah, you are an internet celebrity. Okay, that sounds hard. What you just said, it reminded me of that scene, reminded me of that scene in The Wiz where it's like, got to be red, red, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. It's definitely got to be red right now. And then it'll be gold. You were saying that you've learned, you know, some, when we were emailing back and forth to schedule, you talked about growth and like that you are grateful for whatever lessons it's time to learn or you've been able to learn, handed to learn. Will you share? And I'll share it too, because I think it's important to keep these things balanced, you know? But like, if you had to say, I don't know, a few lessons that you learned over the past year um, as a result of all these changes and growth, just side note real quick, I just gave my little one a bath because we went to this stream and I let him walk into it because it was like, you know, it was fun and everything, but it's still kind of chilly. So I immediately had to like dump him in hot water when we got home. And so he was talking about growth and change. He's like, so if I grow, I'm changing. 
And if I'm changing, I'm growing. And, and I was like, okay, only thing is, is like, yes, if you grow, you are changing. But just because you're changing, it doesn't mean you're growing. You could be growing. And I was like, I, don't, I was like, instead of growing up, you could be growing down or you could be growing backwards. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to tell him that. Yeah, you can change, but it doesn't have to be. Because growth does imply something generative, like growth, like something better somehow, you know, like, or more. And there's so many ways that we can grow down <laughs> instead. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess I'm asking about growth and change in your life. Anything you want to share, you know? I feel like I can't even cover it like y'all did. Um, but going backwards, damn. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess at some point we want to just stop fighting ourselves um, just in a variety of different ways. Um, and I think we can say for a long time that we don't know anything, but I think we think we know everything we currently know. And then when it's over, we're like, oh, we didn't know that, <laughs> but we totally believe the next thing. We're totally there. Um, I started being so wrong about so many things so obviously that I could no longer deny what I didn't know. And I am definitely, I say, a recovering know-it-all. I'm still I'm definitely a know-it-all. It's wild. It's worse than anyone thinks. Um, but I, I kind of know that it's not true anymore. So I'll perform it. It's part of my personality. It's sarcasm and knowing and other, whatever. But I'm like, Joe, this is some bullshit what you're saying right now. And what's interesting is like now it just kind of speeds up because I'm wrong a lot faster than I used to be. Yeah. And that feels like growth to me because I'll be like, I'll say some shit that I really think is amazing on a Monday. By Wednesday, I'm like, why did you say that? Like, where, where were you in your life two days ago where you made this statement, where you thought this thing? Once you get to that, you're like, well, I don't, I don't know. And I, I thought even about doing things like this, like this podcast, having talked to you before. I was like, wow, I don't know what I said on that um, because I bet I feel some similar things and then some have changed completely so even this culture where we document everything and everything is on the internet and it's posted and you feel this way um all of the stuff that i thought is public and it i have this moment when i see people share like old stuff of mine you know where i'm like okay like thanks. <laughs> Ah, I don't quite feel that one anymore, but thank you. Thanks. Right, right. You know, like, I'm glad it touched you, but I don't know if I'm glad it touched you. Um, you know, so I just try to own that as much as I, well, as much as I can be on that internet, but publicly because I, I just, I really don't know. Um, and I still think I know what I know right now. I think I know what I'm saying right now, but it's a mess. So that's what I mean is that I'm just getting to be blown out of the water a lot faster than I used to be. And I think back to thinking things and believing things for years, mm -hmm. just years on end of believing the same thing. It's not comparable this life to that life. Um, and yes, there have been major life changes that have confirmed things that I thought I would know or that I, or that would be the same forever. And those kind of like interpersonal things have changed and, 
didn't think I'd be living where I'm living or doing what I'm doing. Um, sure, there's all of that, but I could have convinced myself that shit was right too if I was in the right mood. And now I don't know where I'll be next month in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love that. That's um, very yogic to me, what you're talking about. You know, that where the the experience of time has shifted so that the growth is like more palpable quicker. And then that means that you yourself are both more grounded and yet more like in a flow than ever before. And so like, hopefully like that, that gap will just continue to just like boom, 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 boom. And it, and then on some levels, of course it, it has already. And then on other levels, like things are still taking a long time. Yeah. I, I can completely um, relate in my very own way, you know, that seeing like, oh, I was really heated about that thing a couple of days ago. And I'm so glad I didn't act on that in the moment because I just don't feel that way anymore. And, um, but not just about temper things passing, but about deep stances of like, should I accept this position, you know, and being like dismayed that I got the offer. And then later just being like, whew, all right, thank goodness there's like some, I feel like a tray you. Do you ever watch The Never Ending Story? No. Oh, okay. I have a little time. The Never Ending Story, it's kind of like this classic, it's a classic sci-fi fantasy situation of this kid who gets bullied. He's reading a book. The book is essentially the content of the movie. So we live in the book with him and then eventually the characters in the book reach out to him for like help so they can save their universe. Mm-hmm. So, um, but there's a warrior in the book story and he has to go through these different passages, clear these different tests. And one of them is he's like sphinxes and he has to go through these sphinxes and warriors never make it because the only way you pass the test is if you really believe in yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so many warriors get to the point, it was all just pomp and circumstance. And they don't really believe it, that they, tr- they, they aren't really true warriors in heart. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so mm-hmm. uh, he makes it, Atreyu, he makes it, but just barely, you know? And it's like, I feel like that, like so many experiences of just like sliding under a closing gate, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. When we talked before, I didn't record that or anything. You know, that was just like us talking. That was like, yeah. Yeah. But I remember I was asking you about things like, you know, yoga things. And we talked a lot about race. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just started this podcast a few months ago um, as part of this incubation lab. And I was like, fuck it, let me just try and start to do something as like working my way up towards content creation, you know, and because it's part of this lab, I feel comfortable to do it in a way that's like not successful, you know, cause like you're supposed to experiment with prototypes and success and failures and shit like that. And I know there's like, I haven't even shared it on my Facebook page once, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I have to get to that point, but the lore of, just living your life outside of screens is so great right now that I just like, it's hard for me to justify any additional time, any like 
a moment, you know, because I get so little time to myself. Yeah. Yeah. Was your, was your mom a single mom, Jill? Yeah, she was um, until I believe I was seven. Um, so then she got married, I get my, my brother later, but you know, then life happens. So she's been a single, she's been a single. She's always been a single mom, even when she wasn't. Um, so yeah, she totally is. And she has that like single mom enthusiasm. You know, like I was like, we always read all the books and went to the park, and did the, you know, so she was, she was one of those. She was ready for me. Um, I wasn't going to miss anything. So we talked a lot. <laughs> talked all the time and we're still talking. So, yeah. How is it? How is it? What have you learned? So I was just thinking maybe I should ask some more specific questions. Like, what are some things you've taken from your project that you do with your mom? Um <laughs> Because you do this this yeah. wonderful project with your mom, which is like um, performative and yet not of your guys' relationship and her as your manager. Yeah, yeah. Because um, a lot of people don't do shit with their moms like I've that. Heard it, I've like, heard it, I've they might do a challenge, but they're not gonna like. Well, you know. I love that. I love it. <laughs> best friend and you know I call my my mom my soulmate so we have a very specific dynamic and people have this with different people in their lives all the time we happen to have it as us and um so that's like my best friend that's who I talk to that's like we share all of our ideas I couldn't have done any internet stuff without her I sent all her my videos to her it was like should I post this she'd be like no <laughs> okay I'll get back to work so yeah we've always worked together um and we did diversity and inclusion training talk about not knowing how you did something a few years ago uh diversity and inclusion training together for six years in the bay area wow. um and you know kind of we're very similar so we use this shtick with like the other work that we were doing and so we got to develop it for a long time of like okay you're doing this part i'm doing this part because you know you never knew what was going to happen in there and the bay thinks they're so so you know anyway um and i'm from so i get to say that but i i wanted this was an identity moment. So this was working with her and I love doing stuff with her, but it was an identity moment pretty specifically that I am a bit exhausted of just that one sort of black story um, between mother and daughter. Um, that's always like tense, a little bit jealous. We can't talk about it. It's straight, you know, it's, it's all these strange things. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna show this relationship. And it was also playing around with like what it would look like to, I'm gonna say, get a little blacker than everybody else. Cause we keep using these symbols, you know, like that everybody knows, like, did you listen to Destiny's Child? <laughs> I'm like, no, let's take it a step further. Like, let's talk about Brian McKnight. I wanna talk about Brian McKnight. I don't want these things that made it. Do I have a question? We go. That's what I'm saying, it's important. You know what it be? Somebody needs to like reference Kelly Rowland more times than one on a show. And so I was like, we're not even talking about our shit because we're still like embarrassed of our pop culture. And when we go and make these things, we try to find this very neutral culture to like symbolize all the things. And 
and some of the shit from the 90s just wasn't good but that's a whole nother conversation you know where it's like oh the night no if you're gonna talk about the 90s and let's really get into it um and it's there's something funny about the elephant in the room of it being me and my mom being the ones who were bringing up like omar epps and you know so there's this nice like kind of contradiction happening i really love comedy writing um from that i just i learned about myself that there's something that I still want to do with that. Um, I put a lot of my creative projects behind me because the car that pulled up in front of my house was the social media thing. So I got in it, I wrote it. I was like, what did you want to do before it picked you up? Like, where were we? So I had a lot of fun and then I learned, oh, you want to be doing something like this. Let's talk about how we do that as ethically as possible. Um, still not selling anything um and learning in general oh my god i'm learning every day so i'll say that me and my family we do this thing we've been doing it for years that we just simply called letters which we go through the alphabet and everybody has a topic for the whole set of letters right so right now my brother's doing rainforest i am on minimalism and my mother is doing do it yourself and we just go like a rainforest b rainforest, you know so through it um, so I'm literally learning a lot of things every day, um, but that was even pre-quarantine, imagine. Um, so, you know, like stuff like that, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't actually know. I've learned some stuff about myself in this book proposal. I, I just, I want more things that I was telling myself and I also want fewer things than I was telling myself. So we'll work it out, mm -hmm. work it out. But yeah, my mom and I, it's not for everybody, but I don't have a lot of friends either. And other things that people have. I have this thing. What's her name again? Alma. Um, Alma? Everybody says Alma on the West Coast and, you know, in the Latinx communities. And Black people in the South say Alma. So she was named by Black people in the South. So it's actually Alma. Um, but yeah, it's a family name. Alma. Strangely, Jill isn't. You know, shocking that. <laughs> What's your brother's name? Um, he is Chris. Oh, okay. You guys yeah. got the, the nice, tidy American name. Aren't they, aren't they, well, my brother's worse. He takes for me to tell the story because I was so upset that my mother was um, pregnant with him. Just like devastated. I was 10. Um, and so she let me pick his middle name and I thought the coolest name that I had heard yet at that time was Christian Slater. So he is technically named after Christian Slater. Um, whether or not he knows that, whether the world needs to know that, probably not. Probably <laughs> lost 10 followers in the future right off that. But yeah, that's who he's named after. And Jill, you just can't, just got black and queer and Jill. Cause it's not, it's not short for anything. Chris? Jill. No, it's like your name is three let um four letters. Four. Just Jill. Very simple. Four letters on your birth certificate. Everywhere. Mm. Just Jill. I just loved it when every now and then you'd be like, I'm not Jill Scott, everybody. Just so you know. Same people. So you would people would follow me and Jill Scott. Same, same people, because you follow me and Jill Scott. And so they would accidentally just switch it up like they would tag me you know, right and i would just be like why am i tagged on this and it would happen all the time and then she did that thing where she talked about like self-pleasuring or something oh, yeah and right. then it was just like wildfire was it i forgot what happened oh no dick sucking 
Yeah, the, the, the sucking of the dick. And so I had a, just like an interesting week, you know, um, of being tagged in all kinds of things. Right. So yeah, it was fun and, and terrifying as well. So yeah, it's just chill. Just chill. I, think, I think one of the things that I love about you doing this project with your mom that's public, and now I realize that you've been working with your mom, you know, in various ways your whole life like in public ways. Mm. Um, but for you guys to be doing this show together, I mean, one of my stances around having relationships with my parents is redemptive. You know, it's very much like, okay, you took all this shit away, including core aspects of our relationship. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to like concede having a parent. Mm -hmm. which so many of our brethren, sistren have had to concede. Mm -hmm. So many of our little, you know, of, of all these children out there have had to concede. Like I saw this statistic. I don't really do this because I don't, there's like so many fucking statistics. But the other day I was just looking at, because in India, the way that the quarantine is happening on people who are impoverished is so, um, oppressive in so many ways and just really ridiculous it's like it takes in it doesn't take into account the fact that they haven't had access to clean water you know for generations type of thing um so i was like okay so i was looking up some articles just to learn more about that and then it was like an article on children who are on the street and it's like that the worldwide number by like unicef or something is like 100 million children are on the street and they said that this is probably a gross underestimation. And then that whole day, all I could think of was like, you just say a hundred trillion fucking kids are on the street. Just say a hundred million trillion children are on the street. He said a hundred million? hundred million. Just say a hundred million trillion, dude. That's fucked up. Like that is so terrifying. Like, I feel these, and then it's like so selfish in a way, but I think it's also very real that I'm like, dear Lord, please let me have my child our whole lives. Please let me never get separated from my child. And there's so many forces out there that are already like, you know, it's, it's, it's a harrowing game for the single mother who is not, you know, wealthy or, you know what I'm saying? It's a harrowing, it's a harrowing experience to enter your child into a public school. You never know what the fuck like those energies you're talking about online and woo, when you have a beautiful child, a beautiful black child, a beautiful brown child, the energies woo circulate, circulate, you know, and they just, there's all this generational and current experience of children being, um, you know, removed from families of not having yeah. families, like hundred million trillion kids on the street. Is that right? Like how dangerous is this fucking world? It's so fucking dangerous, dude. Yeah. It is. It is. Um. And then I almost posted me saying it because I've been trying to work on my comedy, like, you know? This and is how you're starting to work on your comedy? What'd you say? This, this is how you're going to start working on your comedy? With the 100 million trillion? Yeah, okay. Okay. Let's see it. <laughs> Nah, nah, nah. Because when I when I was living in New York and I was on my poetry circuit, I had been on this poetry circuit in the Bay and then I got to New York and I was still doing stuff. 
but I, I started to do some comedy and like online, like on my YouTube channel, that's like the stuff that's gotten the most hits, mm-hmm. you know, where it'll be like 60,000 people looked at it. So for me, that's like still the most hits. Mm-hmm. And, um, I did something called letter to my yoga teacher where I was just like, please don't assume that you could give people Sanskrit names. And that's like a whole thing. I was just like, Puffy called himself P Diddy. He did that all by himself. Yeah. Don't need to like do that. So it was kind of like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And now there's like this whole host of white people who have like videos lettered to my yoga teacher, like off of the thing. So it's very meta. And I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking about circling back because when I am online, that's the shit I watch. I watch, you know, I watch Mike Epps. I watch, you know, I watch like, and that's like the history of my, that's what I'm looking at a lot is comedians, mm-hmm. you know, and that's something that I respect a lot in terms of freedom. Have you seen Black as, Black as Fuck or Black AF? I wanted to talk to you about that. I only saw a couple of episodes, but I wanted to holler at you about it. See um, you yeah, uh, I'll speak generally. I, I don't, <laughs> so I don't do any of that, um, any, Oh, I, I might watch it for like, to know what's going on out there, right? Um, but some of the like identity driven representational clickbaity internet speak um, things that we can't question um, without being a hater. I can't do it anymore. If we got to have dialogue around them, then I would but we don't get to have dialogue around them. And so we, we can't call them propaganda, even though media is nothing but propaganda. So I don't know why it's taken so personally because I mean, everybody's, but um, apparently mine isn't. So I don't do any of those things. Um, and I don't talk about them either because people make symbols of what they like in the media and then they start fighting you as themselves. and. <laughs> I'm just fighting you. We're not talking about the thing anymore. You just feel that this says something about you. Um, and I can't, I can't. And I work, and let me say this, I watch plenty of really shitty television, um, but it knows that it's shitty. That's my rule is it has to know that it's just utterly ridiculous. And then I'll go very far, very, very far. I won't even tell you very far. Um, so it's just not my thing. And so we can talk about it. Okay. No, that's okay. Real quick. So like a few things, a few times I've been reminded of Samantha Irby. She just came out with this book called Wow, No Thank You. And so I started to go down this like rabbit hole of listening to all her books on audiobooks, um, and then thereby making it a little bit more like sane for me to just hang out with my kid outside for hours on end. Cause, um, I could just have her, like I could be listening to a book and then it makes me a better person to him. Cause I'm also doing something adult, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, so she talks a lot about like watching TV, like crying real tears at Family Feud and like um, knowing all the characters of Real Housewives of Atlanta and things like that. And she does this nice juxtaposition. I don't know if nice is the right word, but where she talks about her life as a child that was traumatic mm-hmm. and losing her parents at an early age. And then also just talking about like bullshit nonsense stuff in light light ways you know Mm -hmm. 
but I'm also thinking about like when you're talking about, you know, how you're saying that with online presence, there's this way that blackness can be reduced to something almost neutral or um, just something that can be packaged, you know, over and over and over again. And then everybody else steals the package off your doorstep and shit like that. And is able to approximate blackness because it's, you know, these things that are packaged supposedly. And I feel that happening with Indianness as well, like in two different main ways. One is that you have people like our current prime minister who, you know, packages Indianness as Hinduism and then packages Hinduism as a thing that can be packaged and packages yoga as a thing that can fulfill all those goals and all under warlording. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, then here in diaspora, like I didn't grow up early enough on in diaspora with parents who were those kind of parents that I took like Indian classical dance classes. Like every girl, it, you know, Indian girls are like, there's like these markers of being Indian, you know? And I've had very few, very few of them. And um, I'm just getting more and more sacrilegious to the cause as I grow because then it was like, you know, all these other things that are like, we're definitely not a good Indian, you know? Um, yeah, you know, I feel pretty happy to not be in a place where I think that who I am has to be represented by anything, especially something within capitalism. You know, I spent a lot of time thinking about how being Black isn't about culture, um, and that really it's this idea that all we are is culture that's annoying to me. Um, because what I have that makes me Black, white people can't steal and sell back to me. <laughs> they can't. Um, if you're talking about something that can be stolen from you and sold back to you, you're not talking about yourself. You know, um, and I get it. I, I can get the annoyance. I can get that when we talk about money and who gets to have it and who, does, yeah, they get to sell it back to you. You get to buy it too. Um, but, you know, there's also this point where I can get a bit restless because I'm like, we have the numbers. So there's clearly another problem. And I want to talk about us. I want to talk about us because you don't have the numbers that we have and still have a problem. Um, unless there's a lot going on. And I just, I have people, I mean, I grew up in the South, I grew up in Alabama. There are black people down there who a lot of these black people that represent us would never talk to, never look at. Um, they keep representing them though. And, and I have a lot of heart connection with that. So I get that. But I'm not gonna spend my time defending the problems of those who are white supremacists who aren't white. Um, and they're really mad that they can't sell this stuff. They're really mad that someone could get rich off of culture. And I just want you to say that that's what you're mad about is the money. <laughs> are you mad about the money? Like, you know, and I say that as a black person, I think it's deeper when it's tied to religion, when it's tied, you know, those are very different things that I know nothing about. I know this black culture that has um, really affected people, made them feel like they're not part of something or too much a part of something. And it's also, you know, hidden a lot of villains from us 
because you got black people who are out there all up in the culture that we shouldn't have been trusting at all you mm -hmm. know so it's not working that thing it's not working i don't believe in a bad anything um i'm definitely black but it has nothing to do with my culture it, those are things we had to make up those are reactions it's not who we are um and so i just i get a little like why just this appropriation conversation you know we're just they're gonna keep making money they're gonna keep they're gonna keep making like just i get it i get it i get it i get it but we've got a big fucking problem and they're gonna keep doing this and I know that you're getting paid for your think piece by the New Yorker. I know it. And so you're going to talk about it. But like, you're getting paid for your think piece by the New Yorker. And that's why you're talking about it. And you know what I'm saying? I, was, I do. I completely do. I totally do. Because then it's like, all right, if this becomes your shtick, then yes. you're relying upon the very thing that you're talking about. And then it's as someone who's out an, out, an outsider to the black and white Yes. Relation yes. dynamic of this country and thereby the world, the, that black white binary relationship as an outsider to that, I do feel a sense of some, some like alarm, like, oh, ring the alarm. There's some shit going on here that's like actually kind of creepy. Like, it's some creepy shit to be like watching folks. Like, for example, in yoga, you know, like, just to get to the thing about the whole thing, like, to see, to see, um, like, wonderful projects, like Black Girl and Ohm, you know, or um, various Black people doing wonderful, healthful things online, but still having there be this dead silence around the, like, parenthetical citation at the end of and this comes from a place and it comes from a people who we're not really relating to you know we're not really relating to like i remember i used to when i was living in flatbush and i i started to take photos of these like hair places because there was like some like real out-of-pocket situations where it'd be like a hair place where you could buy hair and get it installed but it'd be like photos on the outside awning of scalps with hair and it'd be like real Indian hair and all I could think of would be like you know people got scalp like Indians who were called Indians on this land too got scalp for this shit and like and like I've lost so much hair due to trauma <laughs> I'm just like I don't know like there's something about Indian hair where it's like yeah we got that strong shit but like not forever it's like it's kind of like, it must feel like that with like Black Don't Crack, where it's like... Oh, I don't know why we keep saying that. But also, there's clearly like traumatized Black people all around who... I don't know, there's so much there. How is this much stress? And also, all the pictures that they use of people have had plastic surgery. Like Angela... Plastic surgery. We're, we're living in a chaotic... I don't care. I don't care at all. I just wish we would say people have it. That's all I want. I don't give a fuck what you do, ever. But I'm not gonna look at this picture and be like, black don't crack. And I'm like, she has, she has globes living in her face now. You see what's going on. I'm not gonna put this picture up and be like, see? See what? What right. are we talking about? Right. <laughs> what are you saying? 
why are you saying that? Right. Because we got to be like, because it's like there's this thing about being superhuman in the face of terrifying tragedy and 100 million trillion and all that stuff. <laughs> so it's chaos. How are you? It's chaos and it's global. And I won't say what I want to say in response to this because I'm I'm still using the social capital of social media. So, you know, walk that thin line. But as a human being, I'm just going to infer that the lack of a global conversation is intense. Intense and intentional. And weird and, um, you know, the good thing is, is I know that other people experiencing trauma doesn't take away from mine. Um, if that's if that's what I'm cashing in at the bank, and that is what we're cashing in, in these jobs and in these grants and in this whatever, if that's what I'm cashing in on, I, I get it. But um, I think other people have it. I think other people have trauma other than me. And I don't need to come in with my fancy words and my systemic stuff to tell you that you don't get to ever, 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 ever say anything to me. And I don't feel like I'm gonna win by not knowing other people's stories. I just, it's strange, I know. Um, and I, I don't know enough. Um, I don't know enough. And it's actually not okay to walk around feeling like the only story I ever need to hear is one that reminds me of my own. Um, I think that's some ego work to do, but I'm not going to say anything else because I still have a demographic that I need um, for this book. You know what I mean? Got to yeah. keep that demographic. So I'm just going to say it might be in our best interest to look at the real problem that we have here. And if we're too overwhelmed to look at what we're up against, I'd rather I say that. I am too overwhelmed to look at how big this problem is. Okay. I'm reminded of this moment, this really poignant moment I keep coming back to in my mind when I interviewed, my second guest was this woman named Bree Simran, a young woman. And Brooklyn born and raised, still in Brooklyn, still with her mom. Her mom is Indian, she's black and Indian. And her social media handle is at Blindian Girl. You know, she's doing the damn thing. And, you know, she's posting, lately she's doing a series of mixed daisies, you know, and it's beautiful. And she's getting pushed back and stuff like that. And she's doing a good, a good job at being a Blindian girl. And there was this moment in our conversation when I asked her, I said, well, like, when you see, when you hear people circulating, like, um, kind of like black is beautiful messages of our contemporary moment, like the black woman is God, you know, I, I was like, do you, do you also like think of your mom as like that she could also like that an Indian woman could be God? Hmm. And she was, it was like this moment, you know, because then it went right. She was like, I love my mother, hmm. you know? And then, but then it went to like, but I feel a, a real distinct bond forming with the elder black women who have come into my life because they can, they didn't fuck up my hair when I was a kid, you know? And um, they can talk to me about shit, about being black. And, you know, I, I think about that a lot because 
what I said to her, which now I don't know if I would say that, you know, but I was like, as an Indian woman right now with a, with a black and brown child, you know, I'm, a, I grew up with black people. I grew up, you know, with a hot, I had a friend who took a hot comb to my hair just, you know, because she, that she was doing what everyone was doing to each other. And so they took a hot comb to my hair. And like, I had experience with blackness that her mother, an immigrant, you know, never did. And it's not like she could like look it up on the web. Yeah. And so my, my response to her was like along those lines was like, but also she was quite isolated, it sounds like. And so it's not just about blaming her. It's also like, where were all the, where was my black family? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, that's something too. It's not just like on your mom, you know, but like thinking about it now. <laughs> uh, book sales, book sales, book sales. <laughs> but this thing and not you, but just thinking about it now I think like it's just like it's not on me to tell her obviously how to feel about her experience growing up as a child far be it for me to think that I could identify you know but we can relate to one another as humans and I think just like that idea of like okay black woman is God like that's so powerful and beautiful it's the blackest beautiful of our moment in, in some ways and also is there an aspect to it that could be dehumanizing first first of all for black women and then also for other women you know so it's 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 creepy though this is the last thing i'll say it's it's creepy because i do see people's comments on like amanda seals share where it'll be like you mean all women are god it's like no you know white women are no caring like that's not what that's not what i mean and i don't have to say that i'm just talking about black folks and i think that that's really important too you know, to just have a space. But I think that dehumanization is so tricky, like the way that it can show up and be a form of self-hate and then um, hate amongst others. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess quickly I'll say, I I don't need to win against a white woman. I don't need to win. Um, And I especially, if I find that maybe I am seeing a pattern of how white women talk to me because of their culture, which they have, um, like everybody else. um, And I don't like it, then I'm not gonna use it. (laughs) That's all I'll say on that. Um, I don't think that, it's going to do me any spiritual um, favors to assume that based on identity, you are less here than I am. I don't think that's going to be good for my ego or how I understand the world to say that the way that I live inside of my body and how all of the society and my identities and things that have happened and things that I've done to other people, all of that, I do more than you. I am more here than you based on this stuff. It's not gonna make any sense. Um, And I don't really care what you are. You can be behaving badly, but you are showing up here just as much as I am. And so this idea that one group of us is, is God. And I also don't believe that we just mean 
I'm talking about black women right now. I don't think we mean that. I think we say that because the internet teaches us like how to get out of things, right? <laughs> you know, so like there's, there's what we say and then there's how we've learned to not get the consequences of what we've said. I know all of those things. I've used them on my social media for long time. Oh, that's not what I meant, I meant this thing. And I don't mean it. And so you're not saying it for that reason. I don't believe you. You are exalting in some way. Um, if that's what you want to do, you are just as here as I am. And feel free to knock yourself out. Um, but I don't think that that's true. Um, that it's just calling in a moment for this thing. Ooh. If you were going to call in a moment for it, I don't think you would need to say it like this. And you especially wouldn't address Karen. But Karen pays you. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing. Yo, know, I look at like I've been I've been like like the, some of the creepy crawly like when I look at like a social like a meme site that I really love like there's like Daquan, D A Q, yeah, mm -hmm. and there's like it's so well curated like I love I love this person's curation of things, but the only other people like there's like definitely this white there's a black white binary on the page and I noticed it more recently where it's like, oh, this white person killed it when they did this thing. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. that's the facial reaction. I want that to be a whole, is it GIF or JIF? I've never known that. Can you me, answer? Me neither, yo. I don't think it's within my purview as a first generation. I, I don't think I'm allowed to know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I just, how do we say that? I, I don't know if anyone knows yeah. GIF or GIF. I feel so alienating to not know because it immediately marks you as outsider of an enormously like mobile culture that's like moving everywhere. Oh my god. Yeah, you know, we don't I don't know why. I <laughs> people we well I do, I guess, at least have an idea of what I think it is right now. And um I think that we just we still want to win, you know, there's just uh, the ego wants to win. So um, whatever you got, just win with it. Mm -hmm. Figure out a strategy for winning with it, um, just as it is, just as it is. <laughs> and just shape it into a weapon and just fucking fight with it. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know, you guys, I feel like, or y'all, I, I feel like that may not work i think we're just all going to be holding weapons and i think we're going to be scared of each other um mm -hmm. so, you know the internet we're just scared of each other and no one's going to say anything to anybody because we've brought in public shaming and we're keeping each other silent and complicit through um, public shame so um there are some groups that get to enjoy the benefits of this more than other groups michelle i'm reminded of this book by tommy orange this Native American author who wrote a book that came out last year, I believe, called They're There. Mm -hmm. um, and it's about the, it's set in Oakland. Mm -hmm. And it's these, this urban um, based Native American, like ex family, you know, and, and the, and there's this one, there's this one force moving through the book of a bullet, you know, and he always refers, comes back to it of like, this bullet is coming to get you, you know, it's coming to get us. It's, it's been coming ever since they started to use it. And then they thought that they were winning because they fucking used guns and we didn't have them, you know? And so, and now these bullets are coming for you, you know, and they're coming throughout the book. 
And I just was like, whoo, like I'm in this red state and there's, <laughs> I know there's like mad guns on my street, you know, here in the South, like, it's like. Yeah, you know, I, this is, this is the way that I want to do this in this country though. You know, I defend the South a lot um, just because, I mean, I grew up in Alabama and yeah. having lived in the South and on the West Coast, I am more cut out to do it this way. Where you tell me what's what, and right. show me what's what. Um, I didn't find it to be less of anything over there, right. unless I just like it a different way, and I like it to what, wear like Eileen Fisher outfits and smile at me and you know mean things it isn't saying. Um, that one scares the shit out of me. I started Jill is Black in one of those states. Um, I don't have any inspiration here because it's just straightforward. Um, and then you can get into culture because there's a lot of overlap of culture here um, that makes a difference in some ways that everybody shares so much. Um, and I'm not saying it's not racist. I think that's pretty fucking clear that <laughs> it's right. Like, why would I waste my time saying it's racist? Of course it is. Um, but like all of it, everybody, all of it is, or it wouldn't be here. It, it, it's not contained. You're speaking of things that are contained in states, it's not contained here. I think it makes people feel better. Like, as long as I don't go to the South. Right. As long as I don't go to the Midwest. And we'll look at all of these things. Like, people will share these articles. They'll police you to hear whatever. I'm like, everywhere. Right. <laughs> Stop it. Right. Stop it. Right. And it's also, even that is so tied to a narrative that leaves out the whole genocide of Indians, quote unquote. Like that was certainly across the continent. Yeah, yes. Is that's, that was never relegated to one place, no one region. Like, so it's just so ridiculous. It's as though it has this like vibe of when people start history with like Greeks and Romans. And it's like, it has this vibe of like, oh, racism started in the South or whatever, or like was in the South. It's like this, so when did you start that story? At what point did you decide that story started? Like that's, yeah. you know, liberals lie. Right. And I think, and it's weird that yoga is a part of that. I guess this will be the last time I steer it back to like what people think of as yoga. Because I, I definitely experienced this kind of dialectic um, as part of my yogic practice and even trying to fucking do anything is part of it because like when people ask me what kind of definition, they'll be like, so what kind of yoga do you do? You know? Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, um, I already want to kill you. But I okay. And I, I just like, you're wasting my time. It's to me, it's the, it's the, it's the lateral um, time, like time waster that, that where are you from also occupies because it's like just tell me exactly what you want me to tell you you know just tell me which just say it to me what you ever want me to say just to, just say it to me that'll be great because you already all you want me to do is like mime the shit for you that you already want to say to yourself so just do whatever to yourself you already want to do yeah. thinking with like this question about what yoga what type of yoga do you do and um really my, my main definition will be like what is it 
what are the things that are going to make me the most sane? You know, what are the things that are going to bring me the most peace inside? And what's going to help me to die and never come back? Like, to escape? Yeah. If, as you know, in as much as I believe in the cycles of samsara and the endless cycles of birth and death that bring us to growth and things like that, it's like, okay, a part of me, like, definitely does believe that, you know? And... I'm like, I just want to die and never come back. I never want to have to live again and like learn all these lessons and survive all this fucking shit. And, and I believe that I can. I believe that I can achieve a bodhisattva status in my life and and achieve nirvana. And I have to believe that, you know, it's, it brings me hope to believe that. And like, that's really my answer. You know, I'm like, what type of yoga do I do? The type of yoga where I want to die and never come back. <laughs> it's not exactly going to go over well, I think, that answer. Um, but I loved it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Very mainstream. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, I think what you've said is is kind of, maybe I'll, I'll get very petty so I'll, I'll end this in a different way because i am a little bit frustrated um in just a human way with the way that we avoid conversations but you know what that has nothing to do with me <laughs> you know we're doing this podcast so i'll talk about the thing but in real life i know that shit doesn't have anything to do with me it's just fun to talk about yeah. um if you want to watch those shows, y'all, and talk in circles and not look around the rest of the world and think that you're winning by bullying people and all that stuff. And if you hear me say that word, you want to write me up as problematic, you can fucking do all of it. Just get, do it. Um, because at some point, I agree with you, the relief isn't, it's just, it's just not about what you're doing. You know, if I'm not, sometimes I am wrong but I want to be telling the truth and be wrong about what I think that is. And we're not even there publicly. You're just talking to yourself and you are assuming someone will read your script back to you. That's it. That's where we are. And you know, the internet, which I love so much shows us that all the time. I just, yeah, luckily it's not about all of these things <laughs> talk about it it kind of boils down to like i want that too and if there's a moment where it's between this bullshit and trying to win here and be smart about it and figure and like noticing that i'm literally living in a magical world making magical decisions um i'm not picking it i'll take a day and like be like maybe i can but I'm not going to pick it. I've made that decision. And I think once you make that decision that you're going to live here instead, the other will get quieter. It's not completely quiet yet because I'm still incredibly critical, incredibly critical. Um, I waste a lot of time being critical of what other people are doing. Most of my day is spent being critical of what other people are doing. Yeah. I'm not saying like, yeah, I've got this thing, but I did... I did make the decision to say like, you know that this isn't right. Like, you know that this isn't it. It doesn't bring you anything. And you are happiest when you are present and when you are worried about like your journey, not the one that these people have picked. And we don't even ask in all of this identity, what do you think we're here to do? 
Because if we would at least ask each other, what, wait, what do you think this is about? And you give me an answer about capitalism. Your goal is to become the richest, insert identity here, blah, blah, blah in the world. Then I know that we're not here for the same thing. And we don't have to waste time talking about all the details because ultimately the identity we are is what we think this is about. And I'm not here to be mean. <laughs> I'm not, I, I don't get any joy from saying Cameron. What does it fucking bring me? It, it, what do I get? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I have fought many a troll years ago, but I fought, I've had. Right. Right. And especially if the tea on what the fuck is going on is that you are actually calling Karen Karen for Karen's benefit not who we think it is that you are performing this whole thing for karen right so that karen books you right it's not even true right right there's so many different ways that minstrelsy manifests there's so many different ways that all these patterns like keep rolling keep rolling out i picked up a copy of that book um the body keeps score the other day I haven't heard of this. The Body Keeps Score. It was, it's a book about trauma. It's, um, it's written by a medical professional and there's case studies, but there's also some kind of like engaging, it was an NYT bestseller, da, da, da. So this is a book on trauma. And because it's about trauma, I just pick it up and I'll like read a section that I open it up to in a magical way. And I don't read it all the way through because it's just like, I don't want to do all that. But the section I picked up the other day, it was just like, here's different ways that basically it was like, here's the type of shit Karens have gone through to be, to be exactly the traits that they are being called out as being now. And I was just like, yeah, that's, that's what that think piece by that hot new author who, you know, was a breakout author on blackness just, you know, wrote this think piece. And it's like, that, that's the only part that's missing, which is that yeah, they have trauma. We don't want to harp on it. We don't want to kill anybody. I'm not trying to do that, that emotional labor. Yeah. But at least like, let's be explicit about the fact that we're not just going to sit here trading in dehumanization. For what? For what? Nice. I don't believe. I don't care. I, you know what? I guess I'll just throw my book in the trash because I'm going to have to say it. I don't think that white people don't have trauma. I think they're very unhappy. Right. And I also am not striving to be them. I don't use the word equality to, to say anything about what they're doing or that fairness will somehow put me in the same boat with what's going on. That's not working for them. It's not working. Right. It's working for white people. So I, I don't, I don't care if, if you have a, a story because I don't need to have the only, I don't need to have the only story. I don't need to have the only life. Um, I think it's pretty clear that there is a hierarchy. I think that's really obvious who, how this goes. It does not mean that there isn't one at all and that there's just one, it's just, I, I can't, I can't do it. And I don't know how to even pursue the dreams of my ancestors, since that's what we like to say. Um, and I, I am my ancestors. Don't crack up while you say it. I am my ancestors.
investors, so I don't have to honor anything separate of myself, but that's fine. It's no big deal. So would be not to waste my time saying that this thing that they witnessed be vile is just my exceptionalism. I can't, I don't want, I don't want it. I don't want it. And so I guess that puts me on the outside if I don't pursue or think that this life, and I also don't know how that's not self-hatred because if we still believe that what they have is perfect, is that not the most obvious form of self-hatred that ever happened that gets to be called woke? I, I just I don't understand it. Right. They're perfect. Why? Always either they're perfect or they're complete shit. And then in either case, there's so much external focus. And in either case, there's the act of dehumanizing. Right. That's what's circulating in you, that that's the thing that you're doing. Exactly. And that in itself is so dehumanizing. Yes. And that their shit, they are. But their world somehow isn't. It is fair. If right. To get to where we're saying they are, how would they be able to create fairness while being all these things that we say? Something isn't adding up about it. I also don't know why we create these own hierarchies, even somewhere basic like a public school system. I don't know why any hierarchy ever gets created online. I don't know what happens. Um, it's fine. We're going to be fine. <laughs> It's all good. I cannot wait for this book, yo. I'm so thrilled. Like, let me. My agent would be like, "Yeah, say something." Well, I want to say, "I've never done." Yeah, this do before. do your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. The book is is really like um, I had a weird experience. <laughs> this has been weird. Um, people really. People have been really kind to me. Um, so I'll say that about the internet. There've been tons of trolls, not a lot now, not a lot in the last few years, but I've also gotten some really kind people, um, who make sure that they check on me and write me and say like, I'm so glad I found your page. I don't know why it took me so, and you know, I don't say those things to brag. I say it because it's like, okay, <laughs> okay. And they never look like me. Um, that doesn't mean they're white. It means that they're not even black girls like me or they're not even whatever, you know, everybody's always like, Julia Page, it's like inaccessible. It would be all these like PhD students who would come on and be like, you're inaccessible. <laughs> I'd be like, I, I love you. Um, I love that thing you do, that's fun. Um, and I've also gotten offers of protection from the Crips, you know, from a Crip being like, you ever come out here, you're good. And it was such a slap in the face to everything that I grew up with to say that I was inaccessible to people that I absolutely know I was accessible to. Because yeah. me trying, I'm not saying I'm being honest, but I'm trying. My trying is accessible. They don't care. If I show up here and I don't say the words that I would use normally and I don't sound like me, and I understand that this costume always can not always read as trustworthy in our community. I get it. That's fine, too. I don't trust some of the people either. But I get it. If you think that people don't get it, this is what, I mean, the beauty of this thing was, a, was that I was able to be black girl magic, Jill is black, but I was also like on stages with some people who they wouldn't talk to, who we call hoteps, who we whatever. And you know, it was fun to situate myself somewhere in the middle and be like, 
but I'm just repeating hotel shit. Y'all know I'm just repeating hotel shit, but I'm black girl magicking it. Yes, I am, which means that it's not gonna be homophobic and it's not gonna be the, but it is the same. And so because I got to do that, I think now I get to talk about it. So the book is like um, me sort of undressing these rooms that I've gotten to be in from all my days being called an Oreo to being called Joe's Black. And, um, you know, I want to do that more honestly than I've seen it done. And I hope that it works. We'll see. Fear is interesting and editors are interesting. But I do think that I got to be somewhere rare because, um, yeah, I, I, I'm still talking to people. And I've engaged white supremacists in my DMs too. I know I'm not allowed to talk, but I got questions. If you're gonna be here in my box, <laughs> I got a question for you. I know I'm not supposed to, I know I'm canceled. But the last essay, because it's a book of essays, 10 essays, um, starts with one that I feel particularly close to called Still and So. It's about going to a party in Harlem for future change makers. And, you know, I'm still kind of new to the Jill is Black thing. And it's just about being in this party, conversations that I'm having with people who are supposed to be here for us, you know. Um, it's complicated in here. So um, that and then the last one is going to be cancel me. And I'm going to admit to all the things that I've been up to behind the scenes that you don't want to hear that conflict with me being Jill is Black. I've been on a stage with Umar Johnson. Um, and I've been at your empowerment summit. I've been at all of those things and they're both bullshit. They're both bullshit. And I've been at University of Oregon as the keynote for the thing. And that's actually sometimes less bullshit. <laughs> actually, right. because then I get to show up and say a weird thing. Um, yeah, I get to say a contrasting thing in a space like that. So sometimes I may be more effective there. I actually don't know. Um, what I do know is that I won't be saying all the cliche things that the white feminists want to hear me say back to them in some sort of sexually perverse um, <laughs> joy of what else did I do to you? What else do you think about me? You know, it's, it's very hot sometimes, those comment sections like, what's going on here that you're just doing this for her um you're fucking right now i just want to say like this is you're fucked um but luckily it will get you shared on her page and when your book comes out one of their very best will suggest it and granted she's not one of their very best because the power starts way up there and she's just a court jester but She's your court jester. So I think, you know, it's, it's the conflict, it's the contradiction. And um, so I start, yeah, on when this started to now. And I don't know that it will go well, to be honest. But I tried the other thing and I don't know how to write that one. So it'll just have to go badly. And then I'll have to turn my internet off and then none of you will exist. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. If you write one of these things about me, I'm gonna fucking get off my phone. What are you talking about? You're not real. Who are you? I'm gonna get off my phone and be in fucking South Carolina. I'm gonna go to the grocery store. We're not even real. Oh man, I'm so excited about this book. Essays, ten essays. I didn't mean to talk about it that long. I think it's because I'm like figuring it out right now. Because you know, it's just book proposal. Um, 
I did two sample chapters. I like them, but I also have a lot more to do. So yeah. I'm in the thinking stage. So thank you, everyone, you and everyone else for letting me say that. Cause I'm like, what is this about? Nice, that's what it's about. Um, what we're not saying. I love that so much. And the undressing analogy and dressing these rooms is so powerful, Jill. You, you are a writer, you know, you've been a writer through the whole thing. And, um, you know, a lot of our, a lot of our cultures didn't come from writing, although they helped to create writing, you know, that gets lost. We'll be like, My, you know, you're from an oral tradition culture. It's like, yeah, but we also helped to create the shit writing. So, um, but we, to flex writing in all these different ways and to have it be part of our ability to be flexible, to be, you know, to be able to navigate all this shit is so dope. It's so beautiful and inspiring. And like, if it's any solace, I don't think you'll need any solace, but oh, you know, in, ac <laughs> in academia, this woman, um, Stephanie Yvette Evans, she, she recently shared um, some pieces about her work on Rosa Parks doing yoga, being used by Yoga Journal. And so it was like hashtag Cytosista. And um, actually I had found these photos as well and early on, like in 2016, but I just hadn't known, I, I didn't want to just share them and have it be like a hype thing. Mm -hmm. And so she, she shared it in the right way. She got permissions from the collection, all that stuff. But um, she was just telling me like, you got to have a book. Your first book will be your cornerstone. You put your whole soul into it, have it be true to you. And you have this book and it will always be something that will, um, you know, fertilize the soil. And it's, it's, while it's your first, it's not your last, mm -hmm. you know, and all that shit. And in academia, they tell you to not expect to make any money off of your books. When I found that shit out, I was like, yo, tripping, man. This is like, so at no stage at all am I ever supposed to. Ever. <laughs> never comes. Because all these people who are doing it already have, you know, generational stolen wealth. Like, they, that's who makes the rules, so they don't ever need to make money. For them, income is like secondary. That's not even a part of how they make right. money. Right. Yeah, but I'm so I'm so excited for you that you're doing it. You know. Yeah, really well, you know. Again, I don't know what they let you do in there. And if I find that they don't let you do what I hope they let us do, especially because they don't know what we're doing. I'm, I'm I'm hoping for trickery as my strategy. Like you don't know what I'm talking about. Not really. If I don't use this cliche language, right. can I like accidentally, because you don't know me, not, not, not actually. So I'm hoping for trickery. Um, but if they don't let us do anything real in there, which I have to accept as a possibility, um, then I also won't do that. And I'm going to keep my customer service job that I work um, and do my thing and live a small, simple life. Um, you know, people, there's like this definition. one of my favorite books. Um, I won't tell you what it is because it's by someone white, so I know I'm not allowed to say it. Um, I want to know. I want to know. It's a book called Like Being Killed that I found when I was in San Francisco at the surf shop. And it's just about someone who is, you know, facing drug addiction. And that's what it's about. And in there she has the main character someone who just has like a lot a lot of facts so i like it because these facts will just be randomly in there within the story just it does things to my brain so one of them is that she's saying that the definition of vertigo has been long misinterpreted as you know fear of falling 
when it's actually technically the fear of wanting to fall from great heights, mm. not falling from them. And that's kind of what I feel about this book is, I also don't know if I'm being sincere when I worry about it or if I'm being performative. Like I've done a thing and I've seen how other people do it and what they worry about and whatever. And so I wanna be part of that club and so I'll do it too. You know, like, yeah, I'm waiting to hear. But when I think about it in my real life, I'm generally happy. I'm eating really good food. Um, <laughs> feels good for me. I'm just getting my exercise in, I'm sitting in the sun and you know, and it's like, that is my actual life. And then I'm like, oh, right. But that thing that I have to put into the society that means that I don't think I'm as stressed about it as I'm saying, because ultimately if no one accepts that thing, that's exactly what the fuck was supposed to happen. That's my answer is like, oh, not here. So it's like, they don't let you do that. Just do what she was doing. Cause this isn't for this. It's for this other person. Okay. I think I feel that way, but I am enjoying the like, you know, we like to join clubs and groups and bond together over our hard lives within representation. <laughs> yeah, and say normative shit and say yes. normative shit. Do and normative we, things. It's, it's and we feel like we've earned those things because, you know, like once we get there, well, then I've earned this stress too. Yeah. I want it. So, you know. I actually don't think I'm worried. I, I think what'll happen is what's going to happen. And that's that. But if you want to worry, I certainly support you in that. I don't think you have to worry. I think that if you are a person seeking to not come back here, then you're going to get a real answer and not a lesson. Um, sometimes we skip the lesson and then we mourn that. We're like, no, give me the lesson. You're past it. <laughs> you don't need it. Yeah, we have, you have to watch this. I know we're getting, we're getting to our close and oh, yeah. it's a generous amount of time. Thank you. You know, um, I am going to recommend this classic Indian art house film to you by a man named Guru Dutt called Piasa, P-Y-A-A-S-A. And he's a writer. And basically the whole, the whole, what it all comes down to is he's just like, burn it all burn burn it all and the guy is kind of like like a you can think of him like a spike lee guru dutt was like the director the star the writer um and i won't we can even watch it together like on this whole way that people do that because the subtitles are not great from that era um but it's a beautiful film and i have a photo sorry i have a photo of um, one of the stills on my altar. Oh, wow. And it's him showing his writing to a, a high school, a high school nemesis who became very wealthy and who basically threw it in the trash immediately, but then made his empire off of this guy's writing. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to, I, I would love to share in this with you somehow because, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we can do that. I think, you know, I can find a lot of groups where we want to do the thing together. But I do think that there is something important about um, how to find that line of contributing what you're supposed to contribute, because I do think that there is also some running away when we don't 
do it. So figuring out like, wait, I also value Invisible Man, you know, the Invisible Man. So it's like, I value that book. It means something to me. It feels like he's talking to me about something that I needed to, right? So I have respect for people who have done it but I also know that they've been more honest and that sometimes they waited a long time before these things became classics. And, you know, I think it's still about the, the honesty. So I'm like, no, it's, you don't just run. You don't just like say, okay, cool. I'm out and I'll go live in the trees. Um, I just don't know what that is yet. And I haven't known since this started. And until I know, I'm going to keep trying to know. Um, so that's where I am. If you want to do it together, I don't know. I have no idea if we get to do this or not. I don't know if it's all ego or not. I, I really don't. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't think so. But tomorrow is a new day. And I'll be like, why the fuck did you say that on there? I just can't win. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, this has been really great. Can you spell that for me again and for everyone else as well? P-Y-A-A. S as in Sam, A, Piazza. And there's a version of it, it's whole thing on YouTube, actually, Piazza. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Jill. Thank you. I appreciate it. We had a great talk last year. I don't think we should just do annually. I think we might want to <laughs> knock it up. But if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. Maybe this is it. Like once a year, it's like, whoa, look at all that's happened. Yeah. Who knew? Right. Who knew? Okay. Well, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna email you and then I'll wait patiently for the next for the answer. Okay. Cool. Cool. Thanks. All right. Lots of love.